Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. We are now on the last chapter of Jonah. Uh, Jonah is the missionary book of the Old Testament. Um, we, we see that whenever God's word comes to Jonah and God tells Jonah to arise and go to Nineveh and cry out against it, we see that as Jonah gets into Nineveh in chapter 3 and he proclaims that God's judgment is coming and then the people responded in repentance and faith. They believed God. They mourned in sackcloth and ashes, and they, they repented of their sins. So, we see here a missionary book. Tonight, uh, we're looking at chapter 4, and it is like the climax of the book of Jonah. It is the point of the book of Jonah. Um, when I was a child and I learned about the book of Jonah at first, uh, whenever I would learn it in Sunday school class, I think all I remember from my earliest days is the first three chapters. I remember, maybe I'm wrong, maybe, maybe I, I've just kind of blocked it out of my memory, but what I remember as a child was learning about God telling Jonah to go to Nineveh, and I remember the storm. I remember him being thrown overboard. I remember that uh, whenever he was thrown overboard, the, the winds ceased and everything was calm. I remember him being in the belly of the fish. And I remember him being uh, spit up on the dry land. And I remember the fact that he went into Nineveh and proclaimed what God wanted him to say, and that the people repented. But for some reason, I don't know if it wasn't included in the curriculum, or if it's just me just not remembering it, but I don't think I ever knew that chapter 4 existed until I was a teenager. But I think it's the point of the book. In chapter 4, we see... Jonah's reaction when the people repented. And how he was angry that people had repented of their sins and trusted in God. He was angry about this, and the book ends in a question. Do you know Jonah is the only book of the Bible that ends in a question? And by ending in a question that's unanswered, by ending in this question, it's like a razor-sharp sword pointed right at Jonah and pointed right at us. Let's read Jonah chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is it not is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a great and compassionate God, slow to anger, 
and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah so that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant, for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night, and then perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You that You have spoken. Lord, that You have not left us in ignorance about You. Lord, we are rebels at heart. Lord, we have sinned against You in countless ways. And yet You loved us enough to send Your Word to speak to us by Your Word. And Lord, You even sent Your Son. And while You had spoken many times through the prophets and the, and the others in the, in the Old Testament days, Lord, You sent Your Son and spoke definitively to us in a way where human beings saw Your Son face to face. Father, we thank You so much that You have spoken Your Word. Lord, I pray that You would give us ears to hear it and hearts to respond. And Father, give me strength. Give me grace to preach Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. I've already kind of reviewed the story a little bit, but we we saw there at the end of chapter 3 when Jonah had gone through the city and and he had proclaimed this message, 40 days and and Nineveh is going to burn. 40 days you're going to be destroyed. And the people, they believed God. They 
mourned over their sin. They turned from their wicked ways. And God saw what they had done. And He relented of the disaster that He was going to bring on them. How should this preacher feel when this kind of response happens? We think of of like when Billy Graham comes with a message to a city and they have a big stadium full of people and he comes in and he, he preaches and people, hundreds and hundreds of people respond. And, and we should be happy about people who, who hear God's Word, who believe it, who then repent of their sins and change their lives. Yet this isn't Jonah's response. Jonah gets angry. He says, it, it says, it displeased Jonah exceedingly. If you look at the Hebrew, it says, it was evil to Jonah, exceedingly evil. And Jonah was angry. So what does he do? He prays. Oh, maybe we should follow Jonah's example here. If we're angry at God, we should tell Him. We should confess that. Because it is a sin to be angry with God. But we should tell Him. We should be honest with that. But it's the second prayer we see from Jonah. The first one was chapter 2. That one was a prayer of thanksgiving. He was thanking God for saving him from the midst of the water. He ends the prayer by saying, salvation belongs to the Lord. And yet here, Jonah isn't anything but thankful. He says, oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was in your country? He's angry with God as he prays. Is this not what I said when I was in my country? This is not what I'm is this not what I made haste to Tarshish for? For I knew that you were a gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Those are good things about God. He is a gracious God. He is a compassionate God. He is slow to anger. And he relents from disaster. He's abounding in steadfast love. Those are all good things. You you read in Deuteronomy and uh, right after the Ten Commandments, it talks about these very same attributes of God. This is a good thing. And yet Jonah, he's saying these things and he's, he's saying it in anger. As if, I'm so mad at God because He's so good. He's so gracious and compassionate. Jonah is being the opposite of what we should be. Then, the Lord responded to Jonah. uh, (laughs) I did the same thing this morning. I jumped the gun. It continues on. Lord, Jonah says, please take my life from me. Take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. That's what Jonah says. Now when Jonah says those words, he's not saying, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. That's not what Jonah means. He's saying, kill me, God. It is so unbearable. I am so disgusted by the fact that you have saved these people from their sins that I just want you to just kill me. 
And God responds, Do you do well to be angry? And silence. Jonah doesn't answer the question here. It's just silence. It's as if Jonah was ignoring God's question. He knew the answer. He didn't want to admit the answer. And he suppressed his conscience and walked away. Jonah went out of the city and he sat to the east of the city and he made a booth for himself. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. He hears God's question, do you do well to be angry? What's he do? He heads out of the city, he sits up on the hill and he's, he gets his binoculars out and he's looking down on the city of Nineveh waiting for that city to be destroyed. He's thinking, burn, baby, burn. We want to see fire and brimstone come down, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what Jonah's thinking. He's waiting up on that hill, wanting to see what's going to happen to the city. While he's up there, the Lord appointed a plant. Now, this isn't the first time we've heard those words, the Lord appointed. Remember, whenever Jonah was thrown into the water, it says that the Lord appointed a fish that saved him. And then here, we see that the Lord appointed a plant. The Lord appointed a plant, and it made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. Now, that word that the ESV here translates discomfort is the same word for calamity or evil. What was going to happen to Nineveh was a great calamity. It was going to be a great natural disaster, a great evil that was going to happen to Nineveh. And here we, we, we almost see that God has a sense of humor because here God appoints a plant to give shade to save Jonah from his disaster. Oh, Jonah. Oh, poor Jonah. I'm so sorry for you. Here, let me give you a plant. And he pats him on the back because Jonah has this little disaster. You can almost see God's sense of humor there. But, verse 7, when the dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant. Again, God appointed the worm. He appointed the fish. He appointed the plant. And now He's appointed the worm. It attacks the plant and it withers. Let's go on. Verse 8, And when the sun rose, God appointed, here's that word again, God appointed a scorching east wind. And the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Here He is again, right back in the same place. God was so gracious and He made this plant for Jonah 
to shade him. And whenever the gracious plant was removed, Jonah was ready to just die. Jonah's kind of moody, isn't he? He was running running from God, didn't want to have anything to do with what God was calling him to do. Then he was thanking God and praising Him because of his acts of salvation. Then he was angry with God. Then he was praising God again for this plant. And then he's angry again. He's just moody, isn't he? We don't want to be like Jonah here. God's, Jonah's ability to praise God moved up and down with the events that happened to him. When things were going well, he praised God. When things weren't going well, he was angry with God. It seemed like Jonah was interested in God so long as Jonah got what he wanted. That can be one of our temptations. Will we praise God even when things turn south in our lives? God responds to Jonah's plea to die. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry about the plant? He comes with the same question Jonah ignored before. And Jonah said, yes, I do do well to be angry. Angry enough to die. You can see Jonah in his pity party. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. Here's what we see about Jonah. And here, I think, is the crux of the entire book of Jonah. Jonah had compassion on a plant. Jonah, he cared ultimately about his comfort. But he didn't have compassion on people. God says he is one who has compassion on a city like Nineveh. A a violent and evil city though it was, God had compassion on them. He says there were 120,000 persons in which they didn't even know their right hand from their left. It wasn't that the city was 120,000 people. That's just the children who were small enough that they didn't even know their right from their left. So Jonah is not concerned for this city with 120,000 small children. And then God even cared about the cattle that he threw that in as well. And also much cattle. So our question, let's turn Jonah's question, God's question to Jonah, on ourselves. Do we care more about people or our comforts, our preferences, 
Do we care more about people than getting our own way? Our own comforts. Now, our uh, world today, and particularly our country, is... uh, it's, it's wrapped up right now, and I don't want to get into politics at all. I'm not getting into politics. But w- one of the things that's on, on the conversation right now is, is about immigration. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to go there about immigration policy, whether it's a restrictive immigration policy or whether it's... A, uh, uh, more loose. I'm not even going to even comment on that. But regardless of what immigration policy that our government calls for, the Christian's attitude towards people who are created in God's image, whether they are from Mexico or whether they're from Iran or Iraq or, or China or Mongolia or any other country, we need to, as believers, recognize these are people created in the image of God. We need to have compassion on them as, as individual Christians. I'm not saying this is what our government's policy should be, but as us, we shouldn't have the attitude of, well, who cares about them? Let somebody else take care of them. It it grieves me to hear some some people talk that way. Or when you scroll through the the comments in an article on Facebook or something like that, and you, you see people make some very... Hurtful comments. When we talk about immigration, when we talk about people of different ethnicities, we're talking about people created in the image of God. People whom Christ died for. People who are valuable. So, let me pose the question again. Who do we care more about? People... Nineveh wasn't a good place. They were a very violent place. I I even read this week in uh, the ancient annals of one of the kings that they had. Whenever uh, whenever, uh, he went out in battle and and, uh, defeated a foe, he would would, uh, take some of their captains and he would impale them on poles. Just as as a, uh, a sign of his military dominance over them. These were wicked people, but God had compassion on even them. Ought we not to have compassion on others today who are different? The final thing I want to say, this sounds like law. This sounds like I'm telling you what to do. But I don't want to end there. God's Word is telling all of us we need to have compassion on, on other people who are, or are different from us. That's what God's Word is telling us. But, we need to remember Jesus modeled this. Jesus left the comforts of heaven 
to come and live among sinful men. He had compassion on us. We who were wicked and sinful. We who mocked Him. Human beings who would scourge Him and put a crown of thorn upon His head. Human beings who we, every time we sin, we're denying the thing that He did for us. He, while we were yet sinners, died for us. When we ask this question, what do we care more about, people or our comfort? Jesus left all of His comfort behind. He left the comforts of heaven to come and die for us. God here in Jonah chapter 4 is calling us to be like Him. To be like His Son who left His comforts and had compassion on us. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at Redeemer Baptist Panama. Dot wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook 